Welcome to the Past Life Awakening Institute podcast. I'm Mark Beale, a past life regression therapist and trainer. Each episode shines a light on healers who practice spiritual regression therapies like hypnosis and hypnotherapy with regression to this life, past lives, between lives and spirit releasement therapy. If you're interested in having personal sessions or certification training in any of these modalities, go to my pastlifeawakeninginstitute.com website for details. So thanks for watching and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Past Life Awakening podcast. Today, my guest is Avni Patel. She's a hypnotherapist and past life regression therapist in the Chicago area of the US and online. She has a BA in psychology and a background in metaphysics and in the corporate world before making the switch to professional healing. Her website is eternalalchemist.com and her Instagram is also eternalalchemist. So welcome to the podcast, Avni. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. Well, my pleasure. Good to see you again. So it's a good chance to talk about uh, some of your background. So I'm curious, and I know you're in Chicago, but have you always been there? So where were you born? Where were you raised? What kind of community were you in that set a groundwork for this healing journey that you ended up being on? I think I've had quite a journey. Um, I was born in India, so um, came here when came to the US when I was three. So very young child, but I honestly still remember the flight coming to the States um, because it's quite scary being a kid and being on a plane at that time. Um, you were about three years old at that time, weren't you? Three years old. That's a, that's yeah. a good memory, a good regression to be able to remember. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's probably one of my earliest memories. I like that because you know when we do hypnotherapy with people, They'll often say, oh, I don't really remember anything before the age of five or three or something, but we can regress them. And then they come up with these really sweet memories in a hypnotic state. So, but sometimes we can naturally call them. Sometimes we can access them in hypnosis. So there's a nice little connection there. So you came over to the States when you were three and you grew up in, uh, you were part of it. There's a reasonable Indian community there in San Antonio. And you part of that? So there was um, only 50 families when we moved to San Antonio for the Indian community. So we really kind of integrated and got a lot of support from the community, you know, as immigrants learning the new culture, learning, um, you know, just how to navigate the country itself. Um, so really that, that community became my family. Um, but through that community, I really got to still maintain my Indian roots and my culture, my religion. So, you know, we had, you know, every Sunday we would go to the temple. Um, and that's where I kind of had my foundation for being a Hindu and practicing the religion and, you know, learning the scriptures and, and all of that. And, you know, I think looking back, it was a great foundation for me because, you know, the words reincarnation, past lives, uh, karma, you know, things like that were things that I grew up with. And although we didn't talk about it as much back then, um, those were things that were just really naturally part of my life. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's a good foundation. Still, you're brought up in the States and you ended up going to, uh, to university and studying psychology. Uh, is that right? Yeah. So I studied uh, psychology at the University of Texas, Hook'em Horns. Um, 
And really from a young age, I always knew I wanted to help people in some capacity. I, I, I don't, you know, I didn't know healing and all of that at that time, but I just knew that my purpose in life was to be of service and help others. So I studied in psychology uh, or I studied psychology with a minor in business and realized very quickly after I graduated that I really needed a master's in order to um, really kind of have the type of job that I wanted, but I didn't want to get a master's quite yet. So I did social work and I did that for three years which, um, you know, at some point I ended up moving to um, Chicago where I worked for uh, about three years working with um, children in the system that were removed from their parents due to abuse or neglect. So worked with them for three years. And I think at that young age, I wasn't able to disconnect so well from my clients. So, I would take that work home with me and I would worry about my clients. I would worry about, you know, what was going on. Are they, you know, do they have a warm coat? Do they have, you know, are they taking care of their children? Because now they're parenting and we're trying to break the cycle of what happened to them, you know, what got them into the system. So, um, you know, I think that took a toll on me. Um, and I decided that I needed to just leave the field Um, not having a master's, of course, um, it kind of just made me decide that for now, I'll move on to, um, to get a job in the corporate world. Okay, I think that's really interesting. And I think a lot of part of being a healer, a lot of people come to things like hypnotherapy and past life regression later in life. I think that's really useful, because, as you say, at a young age, in my early 20s, it was kind of difficult to deal with just you know, how do I manage myself and my own state as part of this job? And I think a lot of the life experience that people have uh, and then bring to this kind of spiritual healing later is really beneficial. So is that something you found as you've come back to healing after a long break? Yeah, I think now um, I know how to compartmentalize a lot more. I know that my clients, uh, you know, I'm of service to them, but when I'm not working with them, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm disconnected from them. And also, you know, now that I'm not in my twenties, I've gained all that wisdom. Um, I've worked on myself. So I know, um, kind of like how to, I've worked on things that have bothered me and made myself a better healer. Um, and on top of that, I think I carry that wisdom from all of those years now that I've lived and I've gained that knowledge. And I think that together has made me a better healer now than I could have ever been in my 20s. Right. So now you're around your mid-40s and you spent 20 years in corporate America. And seven years ago, you picked up the book Journey of Souls. So we'll get to that spiritual reconnect and awakening. But what what did you get from from working in corporate America, uh, the professionalism, the things that you learned, the personal development you went on? How's that influenced you? You know, I've really learned a lot of good skills. Um, You know, I started off doing reporting. So just being able to look at numbers, analyze, um, moved on to project management. So um, I got my Six Sigma green belt and then my uh, lean certification. So just how do you manage a process and how do you make it the most efficient? 
Uh, my family will tell you that it's kind of annoying to them, but I try to make things efficient at home too. Um, and I think that helps me in this job too, just to keep that structure and keep, um, keep kind of balancing everything in, and moving along. Um, and then, you know, I also have some experience in sales of, you know, my last uh, few years have been in IT sales. So um, that's a different, a different set of skills that I've learned all together. So A, I'm not afraid of technology, um, which I know some healers, you know, may have some difficulty in that. Um, I love it. I embrace it. And, um, and then, you know, just that people aspect of being in sales, I think the relationship aspect is really what kept me in sales. And that's what keeps me in my current job as a, or in my current role as a healer. Okay. Yeah. I think a lot of people think, you know, I haven't been uh, involved in, you know, I should have been a psychologist for a long time, or I should have been doing a lot of these healing things. And I've been doing other things in other areas, and maybe that's a detriment but I find a lot of times that gives you the space to mature as a person and you pick up complementary skills. And I find people who have those kind of skills with technology and dealing with people and uh, process uh, and things, they all are so helpful when people do have an awakening and decide to change careers. It's not really a detriment at all. It's not like, oh, I could have been doing some healing all this time. But in fact, I think by the time that they do come back to healing or join the healing path, they can uh, progress really quickly and bring the, and find that these skills and this maturity uh, is, is extremely helpful. Although in order to, to make that change, there has to be some switch. Otherwise, you just stay on that path, you know, the rest of your life. So what is it that made you switch uh, from uh, that, that, uh, that corporate lifestyle to to deciding to become a professional healer and making that big sea change? Um, so I had started, um, of course, like you've talked about, right, where I read The Journey of the Soul, and I really started dabbling in different modalities, um, you know, the last seven years. And as I started becoming more aligned with my purpose, the signs just kept getting louder and louder that I no longer need to kind of hide under the corporate umbrella and I need to just be out there and you know really step into my healer's path so you know I just I could just tell especially through the COVID you know season right the last almost year that we've been in lockdown where I've done even more introspection and realized that this isn't that corporate America is great it was great for me when I needed it um, and now it's time for me to fully step in because, you know, that's no longer in alignment with me. Okay. Yeah. And you also mentioned to me something about uh, your mother's passing and how that spiritual awakening helped you deal with that. So can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So the, the first thing that happened was um, two years prior to my mother's passing, I picked up the journey of the soul. I had actually gone to a bookstore just to, um, just to get a Deepak Chopra book, because back, you know, when I, when I was starting off my awakening, I really didn't know about a lot of this. And Deepak Chopra is kind of like your first, you know, kind of person that you go to for that personal development. Yep. So um, I was looking for a Deepak Chopra book and I couldn't find what I was looking for, but this book just called out to me and I randomly picked it up and started reading it that night. And I could not put this book down. 
And, um, and then I read his, you know, his next book, Destiny of the Soul, right after that. Um, But I think what two years later, when I got that call that my mother had had a heart attack and that, um, you know, she was in a coma, you know, at that point, um, you know, it really made me realize that A, we've had multiple lives together and it's okay to let her go. And, you know, just listening to the case studies in Journey of the Soul and knowing that the soul is still around you, you know, during this time, I knew that she knew that we were supporting her, you know, as a soul in that way, um, when we were at the hospital and, you know, kind of taking care of her and, and that she knew that, you know, when unfortunately it was time for her to, to go, she knew, you know, it was okay to let her go. This is not the end. We're going to have multiple lives together because we're all part of that soul group. That's interesting. It, it takes another, some years, some seeds are planted. You pick up some books, you have some ex- life experiences, and then the years go by. So that was seven years ago or so. But then about a year ago, I think you took, an, uh, rather than taking a book, you took a class, which happened to be my Udemy class in past life progression. And you contacted me saying, you know, I'm pr- trying to practice this and put it, I'm having a little trick, difficulty putting people in a hypnotic state. What do I do? So so tell us about, so obviously you've gone from reading books to wanting to put it into practice yourself. So tell us about how you came to find my course and, and what led you to contact me. Yeah, so I was just um, on Udemy for, I don't even know why. Um, and I saw your course and, you know, you A, you just make it sound so easy when you're teaching that class, you know? So I was like, oh, okay, well, Mark makes it sound easy. Let me try it. And my first um, victim is, was my husband. So I practiced on him and literally we practiced for two hours and I just could not get him into a hypnotic state. And I emailed you in a frantic um, desperation of what do I do next? I can't seem to get this going. And that's when you had suggested that you had an entire package and you know I kind of learned step-by-step in a more uh, effective way by going through your program. Yep, working with the husband or the, the loved one is always probably one of the most difficult clients we'll ever have. So I'm not that surprised. Yes, it can be relatively easy to get things going. Of course, there's always limitations on a, in a, a course like Udemy, which is kind of like reading a book. And you know, at the end of reading a book, we don't think, oh, now I'm a certified therapist, I can do everything. And a lot of people, if they've got a lot of experience or they can get a lot out of it, but in order to take it to the next level, doing some certified therapist training is really helpful. So in that we have, you know, you send me an email and then, but we get into sending an intake forms. You write up all the case study and tell me exactly what's happening. We then get on mentoring calls. So we've talked, you know, 10 times uh, for an hour each already in the past or more. And so we've sort of, as we went through that process, so did you find that uh, helpful? And I made it seem easy, but it's not always, you know, it's so easy that we can get everything off just watching some videos. But how did you find that you're able, you were able to take it to the next level when we, when we did the certification? Yeah, I love the course and the balance of the course with the, um, you know, the, the working with clients. Um, I remember, I, I distinctly remember the first time you're like, no, I mean, you can, you can start practicing. And I was like, on what? Uh, and you're like, on people. 
well, how are you sure you, you know, and I, I had that reluctance and you, you nudged me and, um, and I'm glad you did because I needed that extra nudge, you know, like you knew I did all the coursework, you knew that I was prepared and you just need a little bit of that nudge to get the confidence going. And once, you know, you get the confidence going, you're, you know, you're unstoppable. Then I just couldn't stop doing sessions. Right, that's right. No, you know, certain people, there are certain prerequisites that people need to get onto the certification course. So it's not for everybody, but you had a lot of those prerequisites. You know, you're a mature person who's experienced a lot of things in life. You'd read these books on spiritual things for years. You've got a background in psychology and social work. So I know you can pick it up. And just with the confidence, sometimes people think I'm not confident enough to work with, you know, friends or acquaintances or other members of my spiritual group, but I'm confident enough to work with my husband, but he's by far the hardest. The other ones are going to be much easier. You'll, you'll build confidence by breaking through that little bit of I'm slightly uncomfortable about working with them, but that will be so much easier that once you do, I know that you'll get that momentum. And that's exactly what happened with you. And another interesting thing with you was that, you know, we start off and we go through learning hypnosis and hypnotherapy and we build up to past life progression. But with you, you were regressing your clients back into uh, this life. And a number of them, even in our hypnotherapy course, spontaneously went into past lives. So they really pushed you and got that momentum as well. So how did it feel to have those kind of experiences so early on? Yeah, I think it pushed me to not... Um to not be worried and to kind of just go with the flow, right? I was prepared. I had done the coursework and I was prepared to be able to go back and forth in between that, uh, you know, the age regression and the past lives without causing any kind of disruption to our session. And um, again, it was that confidence from the coursework and working with you that allowed me to continue to have those sessions and not just stop because something didn't go quite as I planned. Yeah, that's a great point because, you know, even as I lay out the structure and here's the kind of things that can happen and I, I try to do it for this, the majority of times this will happen. So that's what I have to teach. But I know in a third of the time, something completely different can happen. And when that goes down, here's how to deal with it. But you can't have an infinite stage of if that, then this, if that. So, you know, in a, in a static program, but you can do that with that mentoring. So that's where we got to, you know, any, like any of those little blocks or little surprises that can stop people in their tracks and then they lose all momentum. When you've got the mentoring, they just become learning opportunities and you can just keep going forward and really amplify and uh, exponentially grow your learning. And so, you know, I didn't, I didn't encourage you going to go work with other people who are, closer to you. So tell us a little bit about the types of issues that they then brought you. So the kind of people you worked with and the types of issues that they bring up when you use this kind of healing. Yeah. And just to reiterate too, I now love the combination of age regression and past lives because a lot of times people will come to me thinking they need a past life regression, but there are things that they need to work on in this life. So we start with this life often and then, you know, we'll do an additional session or two to go to past lives. So that combination to me seems to work really well with, um, with certain types of, of, uh, of clients of mine. 
Yeah, that's a great point. Is that something that you uh, realized right from the start or before you got into the course? Or is it something that you figured out as you went through it? Initially, um, I think you remember this, I wasn't so keen on doing the hypnotherapy because I wanted to do a lot of the spiritual ones, you know, the beyond lives and the past lives and all of that. And you kind of reined me in and said, no, I mean, you really need to kind of learn some of this stuff before we progress to, to some of the other modalities. And um, now that I look back, you know, after, you know, a few of our sessions or mentoring sessions, I see how much benefit I've gotten from starting with age regression and not just me, right? It's my clients that have gotten so much benefit from starting there. And even if they didn't come to me for that, just going through those intake forms and finding out what they wanted to work on, you can really gauge on whether it's an age regression or whether you, know, you need to do a past life regression. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a useful message for people to hear. I think a lot of people have that. In fact, I know a lot of people have that where they'll really want to do past life regression. And this applies to both therapists and clients. So a lot of therapists want to do past life regression and skip the, some of the prerequisites or foundations. And a lot of our clients also want to do that. But if we rein them in or just let them know that there's such a benefit in, because past life regression, we're really just trying to understand the patterns of the past life and how they're affecting this life and the patterns in this life. And if we don't know really our this life that well, how can we do that with our past life? We, and so that's really where we're therapists as well. So we're applying, you know, we're getting the narrative information, but then that creates a therapeutic resolution for this life and this moment. So I think that's a key. And I think a lot of people are sort of allowed to just only do past life or to not really make those connections. I think it, and therefore maybe a little bit detrimental. So I think it's really important uh, that, that people understand that and are given that little push as well to uh, let's have a look at this life as well. So, and you bring up a really good point about being therapist because I, I think that's really important to bring up um, because a lot of people go to past life regressionists um, for fun, right? And, you know, I really want clients to know that this is therapy. It's fun. We have fun along the way, but that's why we have multiple sessions. It, it's, it's a very deep and intense uh, set of sessions, right? It's not just, hey, I'm going to do a three-hour, four-hour past life regression, and then you go on your way. I mean, we really get to these deep, deeply rooted causes of what's going on in our clients' lives. Yeah, that's a good point. So the structure I tend to work with is three to five sessions. So we've got a beginning, middle and end, and it's spaced out over a week or so. So it's, you know, zero, seven, 14, 21, 28. So you can have, you know, this long experience where everything then gets to integrate into their daily life and they get to you know, peel off all of these layers. So did you find that beneficial? And so that's a great point. Oftentimes people also do do like a, a big lump sum, a big all in one, one big mega session. But uh, so have you found it really useful to, to spread it out over time? Yeah, the biggest useful thing is A, the intake form, because that's what sets the stage for what we're going to work on. And then having those multiple sessions to continue to build and find, um, you know, all those layers that you were talking about and continue to peel them. 
I think that whole format of having the intake and then the multiple sessions really helps the client and serve the client to the best that we can. Well, that's a great point as well, because even peeling off the layers, when we get those intake forms, that's the presenting issue and what they tell us the first time they meet us. But as you know, there's a big difference between their presenting issue and their real issue. There's a big difference between what they'll tell somebody who they don't know very well and what they'll tell somebody who they've already worked with for two or three weeks. And so then they'll open up a lot more and be a lot more honest and forthcoming about the real pains that are there. So that then lets us build on all that rapport that we've built with them and really get to the, the heart and soul of some of the really key issues that they may be hesitant to even start off with and most clients really are. So does that make sense? Have you seen that? Absolutely. I think they open up you know, more and more as the sessions go. Um, and that first uh, intake form that you get is never really the full picture. So having the, the, the quick 30 minute you know, session just to go over the form, you can ask good questions, use your intuition as a therapist and really dig into what's really, what's really bothering them. What, what are they really looking to work on? Okay, I'm just curious actually. So there's the process that I teach, which is based on hypnosis, hypnotherapy and past life regression. And, and you've also got a classical training in uh, social work and psychology. How did you find they went together? Did you find there was any sort of conflict where it was sort of what I was teaching was unorthodox or inconsistent with some of the things or did it just sort of, was it generally sort of compatible or? I think everything flows very nicely together. My background in psychology, the work in social work, because it really is about working with someone else and how do you, you know, how do you treat each client differently and meet their specific needs because every client is different and the approach that you take with every client is going to be slightly different. And so having that background of social work um, and even for me, right, I'm a mother of twins and you think, oh, you have twins, but even though the twins are so different from each other. And so just learning throughout, you know, not only my studies, but my life's work of how to treat everyone, you know, individually has really helped me become a therapist that, um, you know, has some good, some good resolutions for my clients. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So I know the kind of clients you work with, you work with, and typically we work with things like relationships. Uh, you mentioned, you know, between our loved ones, family members, and then it is therapy. So people will often bring in things that are a bit traumatic or, uh, deal with strong emotions or thoughts that relate to that, like self-esteem. So these are the kind of issues you'll deal with and, and what kind of, what, what else can you tell us about the kind of therapeutic issues that people come and want to get resolved with you? Yeah. So um, I deal with a lot of the relationship issues that people come with me, you know, to me, not just you know, relationships as a romantic, but people that want to work on the relationships with other family members or their children. Um, and then also people with trauma, you know, any kind of abuse, body image, um, trust, self-esteem, um, you know, and most recently I've, you know, even seen people come to me because of the impacts with COVID and, you know, that isolation has gotten to them. And, you know, how do we work with a new set of clients, uh, this issue that we didn't have a year ago? 
Um, so yeah, so those are kind of the types of issues that I've been seeing a lot more of lately. Okay, yeah, that's that's great. And so they're the issues, and I know you've got a, a couple of case studies that we can get into. I'm quite uh, that's one of always my favorite parts, hearing the whole story, the beginning, middle, and end, how you deal with it. But before we get to that, and clients come in and they've got these issues. But then they have to assess and think the approach I want to take to this is you know, a spiritual approach or an emotional approach. So um, how do you find, do you find that this is something that they do where they're really interested in emotions and then the spiritual comes up or that they're quite spiritual people who then know a lot about past life regression and seek it out? So you know, what, what kind of, what are the types of people who come and bring these issues? You know, luckily, I've seen a wide range of people. Um, so I get the, the very new people that want to work, and they're not quite awakened yet, but they just want to work on certain issues. Um, and then I've gotten a lot of people that are already on their path, already a healer, and they want to work on continuing to, to peel the onion, peel those layers, and want to continue to um, kind of work on themselves so that they can be an even better healer. Yeah, that's a good point. I find that I get a lot of, you know, for my healing sessions, a lot of my clients are healers. Uh, and I think it's really helpful for healers to really heal the healer and to go quite deep into understanding this. I think it's it's pretty useful. And then also, yeah, it's interesting. You get people who will often say, you know, I've never done anything like this before. I don't understand much about it at all. And I'm always impressed. Like, well, just to even to show up and to be interested enough, even though, you know, you don't have much of a background, it is kind of interesting. And then those people can often take really big strides into awakening and understanding spiritual things, even though the week before they didn't know too much, three weeks later, suddenly they're experts. And that's sort of great to see. So what would you say for you, some of the best parts of hypnotherapy and past life regression are when you, when you work with people and just doing it and helping people with it? Yeah, and because I, you know, I feel like I'm also on my spiritual journey, right? I think we all are, just most, some of us are aware of it and some of us are not. Um, the best part to me are the messages that the guides and the um, higher self gives to my clients because that information is invaluable. You know, that's information that, you know, as a client, they've gotten rid of their ego and they're getting this from their subconscious or their super conscious. And they're really tapped into that universal wisdom. The things that I've gotten from my clients or my clients have gotten from their spiritual, uh, spiritual team is just a rough, a rough start doesn't mean it won't turn out well. So even though your the beginning of your life may have been tough, you know, you have the ability to create your life and to make it better moving forward. Um, remember what I have forgotten, my power, strength, healing, and healing energy. So again, it's that it's those guides that are there to support you in, um, in your healer's journey. This, this came from a healer. Um, and then the, the last one I'll come, I'll, uh, I'll bring up is there will always be others trying to control others. It is a weakness, not a strength. It is because they don't have control over themselves, self, and thoughts. Never give anyone else power. I am a sovereign being. I am a healer and full of light. Something like that 
is just immeasurable. That that wisdom that came through that client, um, I don't know if they would have been able to get that had they not been in a hypnotic state. Yeah, that's great. And that's the kind of thing where you'll interview people and meet them and they'll not quite be sure what to say or what they want or why they're there. And then a week later, they're saying this kind of thing. And you're like, wow, that's amazing spiritual wisdom. And I've never heard you say anything close to that in, in, in knowing you so far. But now this is what you do come up with in hypnosis. So this is very common. And this is, for me, one of the, just the amazing things. So I really love those messages that you're getting through. And that speaks to a lot of the process that we do. So I love a lot of times people, they remember and they, you know, the issue I've got you know, fears, anxieties, worries, and that's already close. And I can remember that because it happened last week and last year, but I've forgotten my power, strength, abilities. So we sort of, we remind them and bring that up to the front as well. So it starts off as, oh, everything's bad and it's difficult. And then we remember, okay, now things are getting even. And then it's like, well, let's put that in the part that is actually from the past. Let's put it back. And now suddenly everything goes from being overwhelming and hard to, wow, I'm really powerful and strong. And then, and then having that affirmation or that statement about I'm a sovereign being full of light, that kind of thing that they can, you elicited that from your client and, and then seeing them do that and being able to reiterate that and know that that's a truth that, uh, and a wisdom which is there in their subconscious. So to me, that's one of the great things about hypnotherapy. We're eliciting that from our clients. You didn't even tell that as a statement to a client, they told you. And, uh, and so do you, do you find that's, and that, that's how it was, wasn't it? You were eliciting it. And, and how do you find when you get to elicit this kind of thing from people? I mean, I find that that message is not just for them, but I'm learning at, you know, from my own clients every single session, especially these la the last session when they're giving this wisdom. I mean, that's something that, um, you know, I treasure. Um, and also the last session... Another thing that I really love is when we when they have that release, right? And you know, I've had just people in tears, but they're they're great tears because they needed to release everything. And when you see that cathartic release on those last sessions, it's like you know that you know that your client is going to wake up and feel so much better better afterwards, and they do. And they're so thankful that they, you know, that they started these sessions and they went along on this journey. Yeah. Okay. That's great. So that's some general things or some illustrations, what happens at the end. I'm curious now to hear about a case study. So can you tell us a bit about like a specific per person that came in, what their presenting issues were and the process that you went through to, to help them get to some of that wisdom. So can you give us uh, an example of a, of, a, of a client you've worked with recently? Yeah, so I had a client that came to me and she had had um, regressions before. She had had um, hypnosis before. And so she was a little bit hesitant when she came to me because she, what, she had said, well, I've done this before. I'm not quite sure how it's going to work, but I'm willing to give it a shot because I do have these issues that I want to work on for a relationship. Um, and she wanted to get into a long-term relationship and it had been a while. Um, and she also had some self-image things that she wanted to work on, like body image. And um, so those were kind of the presenting issues. 
one thing that she had also mentioned to me was that she felt like she had been raped in this lifetime, but she knows that she hadn't been raped. So um, because she had done so much work on herself already um, through age regression or through um, her own modalities and hypnosis, it made sense for us to try past life regression because it was, it was definitely something more spiritual that she wanted to work on. So we started um, you know, going through our sessions and the first session uh, or the second session where we actually went into her past life we um, came across a time in the 1800s where she, where she was kind of like a lady, um, just kind of like a, a lady that was married, like a socialite, and she was married to a rich man. And um, she had actually gotten married uh, away, basically. Her parents had married her off. Um, the man was older, and she was she was a little older than he would have liked. So I think from the beginning that marriage, uh, there was some reluctancy in that marriage because the husband wasn't, um, wasn't very excited that, he, that she was a chosen one for him. Um, but then there were scenes that were quite, um, that were quite graphic, you know, of the abuse that she gotten. And this abuse was emotional, verbal and sexual. So, you know, she went through this life where she had all this, you know, these, these patterns of abuse in this marriage. And uh, we went through that and, and then, you know, as, uh, as it progressed, as she was dying, she died, you know, in her own bed. And she almost felt like that life was um, was meaningless because she did was not in her power. She had given her power away. And after that session, she wanted to make sure as you know, the client wanted to make sure that the next session, we would work on the power part and making sure that um, she would not, she does not agree with being powerless in this lifetime. And she wanted to make sure that when we um, break the bonds of time, that that was one of the things that we removed is that is that feeling of powerlessness. Right. So she had those. She was, what's the it was the eighteenth century? What country was that in? Do you recall? Um, I believe it was somewhere in Europe. Okay. So she's in another continent. She's in another time uh, period. Um, but did you feel then this was part of the answer of the the residues from that past? she'd carried over so she'd had this feeling of maybe that I've been raped and that I've in this life but I know that I haven't so perhaps I've been raped or abused or uh, had experiences like that in a past life do you feel that this past life then answered that question absolutely I think that you know the amount of abuse because there was sexual abuse in that lifetime from coming from her husband and the anger that he uh, portrayed, you know, um, that definitely was a residue that was affecting her in this life. Um, and then after, you know, we had our third session and, uh, you know, we cleared a lot of that. We did the breaking the bonds of time. I put in some uh, suggestions on, you know, relationships and, you know, being in your power and, um, you know, all the things that we wanted to work on together. And um, 
the last time that I spoke with her, she is starting a new relationship and they are taking it slow. Um, but the good news is, is that she was quite open versus before she was so reluctant to it. And now, um, you know, she's open to trying, you know, to, to open up herself and, and still maintain her power. Okay, so for the people watching and listening, let's talk a bit more about that because you mentioned breaking the bonds of time. And then you also bring up, you know, it's quite a significant thing. A lot of times when people find, uh, you know, in a past life, I'm in a past life and maybe they didn't go back with an intention. I feel that I've been abused in the past. Maybe they just go back and want to find out, oh, who was I in a past life? And then they find out, oh, I've got an abusive husband. I'm being raped. And they go through all this trauma. So a lot of times people don't even want to do past life aggression because they're afraid that this kind of thing might come up. So uh, before we get to that conclusion, just tell us a bit more, like what was it like for her to recall a life where she was being you know, sexually abused? Uh, was it, uh, did she react in the hypnosis? Was she, did she feel re-traumatized by it? Or, or how did she handle it? And how did you handle it as a therapist? Yeah, so I think for her, um, she handled it very well. Um, I, I know that there were parts where it was difficult for her to verbalize some of the actions that were happening, but, um, but she did a great job of really recalling those important, significant memories that were important for her, um, for her to work on. And for me, it was, a, you know, it was a professional setting. So um, again, now that I'm in my forties, I know how to kind of compartmentalize and know that as a therapist, um, you know, I need to remain neutral and, and serve my, my client to the best of my ability. So, um, I think she did a great job and I just maintained, you know, professionalism. Okay. I think that's really important because a lot of people can be a bit emotionally squeamish when other people talk about traumatic events. I think not doing that or just being calm, being professional and just keeping going through getting the narrative. So you mentioned there, you know, she, she went to the important events that she needed to remember. And so that's what we're really doing. We're just gathering the narrative story. The narrative story might be, I'm remembering a time where I was powerful and that makes me feel good, but it can be, I'm remembering a time that was really traumatic and awful and that makes me feel really bad. And there may be moments where they relive it or recall it, but they tend not to be overwhelmed by it. And we can go through it in a matter of fact kind of a way. And, and if we start to get afraid or tense, or how do I deal with this? Or this is too much, or, you know, rape is such a violation. I, I know that her husband in a past life is her father in this life. And now I'm judging that person and all these things. We can spiral off into a lot of thoughts and feelings ourselves. But if we just keep going with the process, we end up getting the information, finding out, oh, that's the answer to the question. I thought I had some abuse in the past. Turns out I did. And then the consequence becomes you're enabled to understand the story and then do this thing you talked about, about breaking the bonds of time. So, so just, just firstly, like how did she handle it? That, so she wasn't really traumatized by remembering any of this. She was just oh, now I know that's the answer to my question and that's going to help me move forward. Yeah, and I think the, the thing that bothered her the most was not the abuse, but the not being in her power and not um, 
kind of like being a victim because in this time, in this lifetime, she doesn't want to be a victim. That's something that she's quite against. And so, um, so it wasn't even more of the, the abuse part, but just that feeling of not, not having the power to, uh, to stop him from doing what he did. That's a really great observation. I also want to point that out because a lot of times people, you know, you're if you're a therapist and you're taking someone through, maybe it's even to this life and you're finding out that, you know, I'm 12, my creepy uncle is coming into the room. He's starting doing this or that. And you're like, and then the therapist may think, oh, you know, we've got to forgive, you know, that's terrible. He's an evil person. And now we're going to have to try and forgive him or we're going to have to vent and release and we can make a lot of assumptions about what our client's experiencing. But I also find very much the same thing. A lot of times they'll say, yeah, my uncle is a creep. I know he ended up having a, either way, I don't really care that much about him. What really hurt me was that my mother didn't stand up and defend me. And so it's not about uh, having to forgive or overcome the feelings towards the person who did it. It's something else. It's like, I didn't stand up in my power. That was the, what really hurt. Or she didn't defend me. That's what really hurt. So we can't sort of get drawn into the drama of it or the trauma and, and our projections about what emotions they must be feeling. And so as a therapist, we stay professional, we stay neutral. I think that's really important. So a lot of people who think, oh, you know, I can't really do this kind of therapy because if someone started talking about sexual abuse or rape, you know, I might've experienced that myself and that'll trigger me and, and I'll get really involved in it. But if that's one reason why we need to heal the healer first so we don't get triggered by our own clients. And you had that instance where my clients teach me these beautiful lessons and that can definitely happen. But it can also be they bring it stuff that kind of triggers stuff in me. So I need to do some healing the healer before I work with these kind of people. But once you've done that, I find you can, the main thing is just to stay in a neutral, calm, resourceful state and keep going with the process. So all we're really doing is just gathering the information. That was the answer to the question I wanted to know about. I've got my answer, then what do I do now? So tell us a bit about this breaking the bonds of time. What did you mean by that? And how did you apply that to help in this situation? So when we know that time really doesn't exist, right? It's a, it's a construct. Then we know that we can go into time um, and go back into that time and, and kind of recreate it or create it in a way that... Um, you know, is more powerful and supportive to our, our clients. So breaking the bonds of time kind of allows you to go in and um, give a powerful healing to your client. Yeah, that's great. And so that's really coming back to what we started talking about. Like we have to know, like I'm here in this moment because I feel all these anxieties, stresses in relationships. I feel that I've been abused by people in the past this life or a past life either way because of that I don't want to get into relationships with people now and so that's the emotional residue that's stopping them be present and, and you know have happy healthy relationships so then we can know well maybe that happened in, in this life maybe it happened in a past life in this case it's a past life and we see all those powerful emotional residues are really uh, affecting her in this moment but then we can realize that we can break the bonds of time so the bond is that that thing from 200 years ago is stopping me living life uh, confidently, powerfully now. Now, how does that make sense? That does make sense in a, in a spiritual point of view because we carry over you know, so many residues from this in past lives. But then we can come in with that ultimate solution, which is 
spiritually, yes, it makes sense. And now we know the story, it makes even more sense. But ultimately, I can have the power to choose to decide how things are going to be. And I can let go and forgive myself and let go of things. But in order to do that, we have to know who we're forgiving and what we're letting go. Is it really the perpetrator or the people who allowed the perpetration or me? And so if we can forgive everybody involved and have that real detail of the narrative to know all of that and then break that bond so that it goes back into the past and it had been affecting us, but now we come back fully into the moment, powerful and present. And that's what lets people move on. So, so yeah, is, is that, does that sound right according to, you know, the way that you implemented it? And Exactly. And the other thing that was brought for this session was karma. And it was karma because she'd have a son in that life. And um, she was able to identify her son in that life as someone in her life. Um, and she, you know, had a little bit of karma from that life and she, we were able to go in and also clear some of that karma and some of the residue that was um, part of that relationship so that she can have a more fulfilling relationship with that person in this life. Okay. That's interesting. Well, tell us a bit more about the connections where you noticed they were, had a certain role in a past life and then they had other roles in this life. So did the, did the past life husband, was he present in this life at all? The husband we weren't able, she wasn't able to figure out, but it was her child in that life okay. who is a sister in, in uh, her current life. And she felt that same bond, the same energy. Um, and she realized that there was still some of that resentment slightly um, from, from that life because as a son, he was treated much more uh, differently than she was, right? So she was never abused or hit or any of that, but yet she was really, really severely, you know, tormented. So um, she realized that in that lifetime, there was a slight resentment. And so we, we were able to clear that so that her relationship with her sister in this life would be, you know, more fulfilling. Okay. And how are you able to make those connections with karma? I find that something that people often have a little bit of a difficulty in understanding or interpreting. So how were you able to figure out some of the karmic connections and talk to them? Or was that something your client did in the session? Was it something that you, they started doing and you helped them with? She started doing it and um, we, you know, I brought up, you know, karma. If there was any karma in um, that past life, was not related to any person? Um, and then she mentioned it. And so we were able to, to clear it because she was able to put that connection through my guidance. Okay. Yeah. That's really great. It's great. It's quite a, that's quite a complex thing to be able to do. Karma is so involved and interweaving and complex, but to be able to make some of those karmic connections. And then ultimately what we're doing, karma, of course, just really means action. So there are actions that we've taken and and, uh, and actions that have happened to us, but it's also within that the thoughts, uh, thoughts are karmic as well. So they're intentions that we have. So breaking the bonds of time really is a karmic action for the future moving forward. So, so tell us a little bit like what happened in, in the end with this lady. She, uh, she felt cleared of some of those things that have blocked in relationships in the past. And, and how did she move forward? How does that story end? So, yeah, so, you know, she, she made the realization, you know, at the very end when we were wrapping up that, 
you know, this karma was affecting her in this life too with her sister. Um, and she was ready to clear it along with just the breaking the bonds. And we were able to help her start being ready to be in a relationship, you know, into, into a romantic relationship. There's nothing to fear anymore. The past is in, is in your past and that past life. And now there's nothing to fear as far as a man, um, you know, being abusive to you or, you know, carrying on those types of activities or you losing your power in any type of relationship. So that's a great case study. And do you have any other examples of uh, people who came in and, and got some and did some past life aggression and got some healing from it? Yeah, so I have a, a, a one where I actually was able to do both past life and age regression. Um, a client came to me because she was having food issues. Um, she couldn't, you know, take on some certain foods or causing effects to her body. So she wanted to, you know, to work on that. And what we did was we, you know, we started off doing a past life regression and realized that this was a lifetime in Egypt and she uh, was poisoned by her sister-in-law at that, in that lifetime. So there we go with the food issues and the intake. Um, so we were able to quickly see the pattern with the food issues, but upon doing that, the person who was her sister-in-law is somebody very close to her in this lifetime. And so we also needed to do some of that age regression because she has um, a turbulent relationship with this person. So, you know, it wasn't enough just to go into the past life and clear it, but we, we needed to do some of that forgiveness work, forgiving self um, that's necessary in this lifetime and being able to see um, you know, that other person's perspective that, you know, we do in, in age regression as well. Okay. Yeah. That's really nice. I like the way you've got people can come with uh, ideas about events of what might've happened in a past life, but then it does connect into relationships. And so people often have a presenting issue as being relatively narrow, but then it can expand into benefit a lot of other things I may not have expected. Yeah, so is there anything else you can tell us about that case study? Yeah, so in that one, um, you know, we really wanted to make sure because she lives with this person, um, we wanted to make sure that it's not just the past life, but certain aspects. I mean, she has to deal with this person every day. And we wanted to make sure that um, that relationship doesn't interfere with her daily activity and that she's Kind of strengthening that relationship or at least comes from a place of understanding and forgiveness instead of a place of resentment uh, which is where she was previously okay it's interesting that sometimes people might even think um you know i've got problems in this life i don't want to know about my past lives to know about the problems there that will double my problems i'd rather just not know but, and so how did you find it happened here? Like I've got a problem with them now and a problem with them then, did that make things twice as bad or did it, did, did it halve it? It helped a lot because she was able to see the other person's point of view when we went into regression and see where they're coming from, what, what's their state of mind. 
And when you can put yourself in somebody else's shoes and see it from their perspective and their, their view, their knowledge, their limited knowledge, potentially, you can really quite understand that the choices that they're making are not intentional. They weren't intentional to harm her. They were just the best choices that she could make with her limited knowledge. Okay, that's really interesting that you can get that kind of grounded emotional understanding, which sort of sounds like a good thing that a psychologist might get somebody to, but you get that by getting them to, uh, you get that understanding comes from knowing what had happened in a past life. And they still have these grounded, helpful therapeutic resolutions that really help them in this life. That's because of the insight they got from a past life. So that's another thing people can think past lives uh, sort of irrelevant or double the problem. They'll either double the problems or they'll just be irrelevant and have nothing to do with this life and, and so what. But what you're saying here is uh, knowing the, the, about their problems in the past life helped give you just that bigger picture and it helped the, them feel a lot better in this life and understand things more clearly. So I think that's really useful for, for people to hear and understand. So we're debunking a few of the myths and, and showing what can be done instead. Yeah, and seeing the patterns, right? I think it's important for a therapist to be able to see those patterns and why what happened in their past, how is it affecting your current life or the relationships in your life? You need to be able to kind of put those together in order to create a, you know, to res help resolve those issues. Otherwise, if you're not building that bridge, um, you know, it's, it's not serving your clients. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great. So any other clients, uh, case studies that you had, you mentioned one about someone who had difficulty speaking with their th throat chakra being blocked and, uh, and then getting hung as a witch. I think this is quite useful because I think a lot of people, they want to get on the healing path like you, um, but then they, maybe they feel hesitant and they feel that things blocking them. So on one hand, they're drawn to it because they've got a past life where they were a healer. But on the other hand, that same past life, they were persecuted for it. So, you know, there's a real uh, push and pull involved. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about that client that you had and, and what happened with them? Because that's quite, uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that kind of thing. She came to me because she's a healer and she really wanted to kind of continue to step fully into her healer's path. She knew that her throat chakra was, was kind of blocked um, and it was preventing her from speaking out, speaking her truth and really um, kind of coming to the forefront and being able to speak, you know, like in front of an audience that she needed to be if she wanted to come, come out. So, um, so we went to a lifetime in, I believe it was the 1800s and um, she was a witch in this small community and was very well loved by the, the natives of that community. And everybody came to her and she, you know, put potions and herbs and different things together. And she helped heal a lot of people, you know, and anytime there was an ailment, they all came to her um, and because she was a witch. A few years later, uh, there were some new people that were coming and were taking over the land and they didn't believe in this type of, um, this type of healing modality. They wanted to go with the new way of doing things. Because of that, and the fact that they were intimidated by her abilities, they hung her. And so that was the correspondence with the 
the throat chakra of being hung. And when we were able to see that and how those two were connected, it gave us full transparency as to what was causing that, that issue of being able to speak out and speak her truth and come into her own because she was persecuted for her gifts in a different lifetime. Yeah, so that's that's great, actually, because you've got breaking the bonds of time where there can be negative residues that no longer need to affect us. So she's now no longer a witch and we're no, now no longer in a society where alternative healers get hung or are given these labels. Um, but you're also able to reconnect with some of the past skills and benefits. So you know, sometimes people think, oh, I don't want to break the bonds of time because then I'll break the connections to all the past things. And if there's the good and the bad, then, but we can filter that out. So that's some sort of little misunderstanding that I hear. So maybe can you explain how that works, how you can both break the bonds of times and reconnect with past things, past positives. So we were still able to kind of keep her skills, right? Because she doesn't lose her skills. She's already gained them through lifetimes and lifetimes of probably being a healer in multiple lives. So she, she has that, she keeps it, but what we, what we, you know, broke was the persecution, was the fear of having to come into and step into this healer's path and, um, you know, be persecuted for later on. How did those sessions with that client wrap up? They went really, really well because she was ready to let go of that. She was ready to fully align with her healer's path and really put herself out there in different healing communities and within her business. And this was just that extra step that she took to help her, you know, fully step into what she wants to do in this lifetime. Okay. Okay, that's great. So tell us a little bit about your business, actually. We started off talking about Eternal Alchemists. So what made you choose that name? Because I truly believe that we are all creating our own lives, regardless of whether we know it or not. And so for me, eternally, through all of our lifetimes, we are creating the lessons, the patterns, the relationships that we want um, to learn and grow so that we can continue on within, you know, within our soul's purpose. So that's why I chose Eternal Alchemist. Okay. And can you tell us a little bit about the way that you work with people? So what kind of uh, services do you provide? So my core offering is age regression and past life uh, regression therapies. All of my services are now online thanks to uh, COVID and I think I'm going to continue to keep them um, online because um, you know they, they work out very well. Um, I think your training program for online sessions does a great job of preparing us for that. And um, I've had great results with my clients. I also think that the comfortability of them being at home helps kind of ease some of that initial tension that they may have going into a space. So I actually really do prefer um, those online sessions. And before each session, what I like to do is really ground myself, um, take some time to bring in their spirit guides, their, you know, ancestors, their, their spirit team, whoever wants to come and support them um, and just take deep breaths. I also always have some essential oils going on in my diffuser because it just kind of keeps that air clear and calm. 
Um, and then, you know, initially I'd love to just get to know my clients and really we're, we're a team, we work together. So um, just creating that supportive environment for them and knowing that they can trust me, there's no judgment, you know, I'm here to serve them. And the more that they can tell me about what they want to work on, the, the better, you know, the more effective these sessions are going to be. And so I really use an, an intuitive approach as I'm going through the sessions. Um, I know we have the groundwork that you've put for us. And, uh, but there's still questions that I'll just get, you know, that may not be part of the scripts, but I know that I need to ask them. And I get a lot of that intuitive guidance uh, for my clients and it seems to have really worked well. Okay, great. Okay, and so you did mention there some of the training that you've done with me and some of the process that we've got there. So, and we started off talking about, I was trying to watch some videos and figure this out. And so can you tell us a little bit about the journey that you've taken from thinking I'd like to do this to starting on the course and uh, the process you went through? So I guess we talked, one of them is the mentoring calls and then the other one is part of the community. So we'll come to that next. But so how did you find us that process of having that advanced curriculum and those advanced mentoring calls and, and how they are able to get you to a place where you're able to go beyond that comfort zone and work with people and get things done. So how did you find just that training process with the Past Life Awakening Institute? I think the training process for me was exactly what I needed because it's self-paced. So you can kind of go at the speed that you want. Um, I kind of just went all in and, you know, for me, it's like all or nothing as I'm sure you know. So like, I really took, took it seriously and wanted to get through the course and wanted to start the work and um, I think that this course allowed me to, to put those meetings on your calendar when it was time, when I was done with all my the sessions and it was time to meet and regroup. And, you know, being able to watch those videos and those are self-paced as well. So um, this course is great because it allows people to um, go at their own pace. I had a full-time job. So even somebody that had a full-time job was able to do this, um, you know, on my feet. Right. Now, in addition to watching the videos, there's also quite a lot of assignments and they can run to a couple of thousand words each time. So how did you find just the assignments and the whole process of writing up case studies with your clients? At first, it was a little tough because I wasn't used to it and I wanted to just put in every single detail possible. And so I'd write these really long summaries. Um, and eventually I found a format that worked best for me and I hope it worked well for you too. And, um, you know, writing it out and, and really writing it out as soon as the session was done is really what works for me. Because if I wait too long, I just... Um, you know, I maybe miss the details or any of that. And a lot of times at the beginning, I would have to record them on Zoom just so that I could type it out later. Um, but once I started kind of learning what works for me, I realized that as soon as the session's over and I'm still kind of in that zone, type everything out. Yeah, so it is quite a lot of work. So maybe people are watching this and thinking, I want to be like Avni, I want to get into this training. There's a warning, like prerequisites are there and there's quite a lot of work involved. But if you do put it in and have that passion to go through it, I think it really accelerates what you can learn. So I ask people to, to write, you know, details uh, about all of the case studies or the sessions that they do. And I think by doing that, you just learn so much more in such a shorter time. 
So that's why you're able to have these accelerated experiences. And then of course your spirit guides and the universe comes in and you're just trying to do some age regression and they go off into these elaborate past lives. And so, you know, the universe wants you to do it and believes in you and knows you're capable. So I'll give you that little push and the universe will like keep pulling you further. So I think it, it works out really nicely like that. And then one other feature, you know, when people work with uh, and do training with the Past Life Awakening Institute for the certification level, uh, we have the community where I can match you up with appropriate people. So I know where you're at and what you're doing and you can do session swaps. You can uh, give have some practice by giving it to people who uh, understand the process and you can also receive. So what's it been like for you being part of that community and doing session swaps, giving and receiving with your other fellow students and our graduates? The community uh, really provided me with a different way to kind of play, right? Because I got to learn and meet other students and also some of their techniques and how they do things. And maybe that's something that I want to incorporate because, um, you know, I like the way they do certain things. Or maybe if somebody did something that I didn't like, now I know what it's like to experience it. And I know that it's important for me to avoid it with my own clients. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And so it is nice there to have a, a supporting community and a chance to practice as well. So did, in fact, can you tell, did you have some experiences where you recalled some of your own past lives? And so I recalled a past life of mine um, as a healer, as a Native American um, healer, and um, where I was basically told that uh, I had to heal our tribal leader's uh, son. And I knew that this, his son couldn't be healed. And because of that, um, you know, we did, I, I, but I couldn't speak my truth. And this was part of my healer's path where I, you know, at that time I wasn't able to fully step into myself being a healer and that fear of judgment. So this lifetime showed me this and I continued to do a ceremony for the tribal leader's son, knowing that he wasn't going to make it. And, um, and then, you know, a few days later, the son passes. And because I hadn't spoken my truth and the son died and I pretty much given the tribal leader some false hope, I got stoned to death by other people because he had asked his, um, his other, you know, the other people in the community to, to kill me. So this was a lifetime where I, ha I had been a, a healer from a very young age. I had these gifts. And I, and I had so many big dreams about passing it along to my own children and my own grandchildren, but because I wasn't able to speak my own truth, um, I wasn't able to pass on all that wisdom because I, I died an early death. Had you found that had been affecting you in this life, do you think? Yeah, I, um, up until that, that uh, past life recall, I did have some fear of uh, judgment, right? Coming from the corporate world where this is really not something we talk about very often um, and doing that for 20 years to, um, to this modality is completely different. And I had to shed some of those fears that were you know, obviously surfacing as I ended my corporate career. So those sessions were sessions that were given to you by your fellow students and now graduates as well. So I think that's another part of the benefit in the Past Life Awakening Institute framework. That's quite an important thing because 
know, so that we're not triggered by any traumatic event that we may have experienced. And when our client brings it up, we, we get triggered and drawn into that emotion. Or just like, it sounds like that witch one where, you know, uh, maybe they were having their throat chakra blocked and they were dif having difficulty getting on with their healing path. But this does happen when sometimes people are students and they study with me, then they start to feel, now I know really good techniques. Now I've put it into practice. Now I'm going to be a professional healer. Oh no, you know? And so it's a little bit like fear of success because, and then before they never had to worry about uh, you know, residues from the past about being a healer because they just avoided that by doing something completely different. And they start to realize, oh my gosh, I can actually, I have all the tools to be a great professional healer now, but then there's that little block there. So by getting a, a session swap with another person and finding out, oh, that that feeling of, oh no, I don't want to be a professional healer comes from the past. You can then break the bonds of time with that, reconnect with all the abilities while you started the training in the first place. And, uh, and then they're clear and good to go off and, and be a, a professional, uh, calm, clear, confident, at peace healer in themselves. So yeah, it's really great that you had that experience. And I think that's really beneficial for you and everybody else who has a similar thing and they can go on and be a professional healer. So yeah, that's great to hear. Thanks for that story. And I do think that all healers should continue to be in our work, you know, and, and heal themselves regularly. And even if it's, you know, the clearings or, you know, finding other residues, finding the triggers that happen in your life and, you know, really digging deep, because that's really what makes us um, even better therapists is when we're able to heal ourselves. Exactly. And you don't have to be perfectly healed or awakened to be on the healer's path or to, to even be even a great professional healer. Um, but you do need to be able to manage it enough that uh, it doesn't get in the way and continue to deal with whatever little bits are bubbling along in the background so it still doesn't affect you professionally but you've still got some things to work on and you don't think that you're perfect because you know few of us that have bodies are so i think that's there's a nice little humility there and there are still levels that you go to and lessons that you learn through your clients through your students that are continue to help you. So that's sort of one of the funny things about being on the spiritual path, which is the more you help other people with your spiritual path, you are really advancing your own as well in an indirect, vicarious way. So if you found that overall, just like overall for you, what's the, you'd made a decision, oh, I want to hypnotize my husband or, you know, maybe, you know, and then it led into, okay, and now I'm ready to be a professional healer. And so overall, would you say just that choice, looking back on it, you know, uh, do you find it's been rewarding? Uh, and, and uh, you know, what, what has it meant for you overall? Um, I think what's been really profound for me is seven years ago when I picked up that book, Journey of the Soul, and I read it, I never, ever thought that I would be able to do this work. I never thought, I thought Michael Newton just had this, Dr. Newton had this special gift and only he and maybe a select few could do it. And as I've, you know, started doing this work and the coursework and, you know, with clients and I've come, you know, to really love and be passionate about this type of work, I realized that, um, that this is really something that I was called to do. There was no, you know, coincidence that I picked up that book, you know, seven years ago and it's brought me you know, in through this journey and all the way through to where I get to do this work that I've only, that I'd only dreamt of doing seven years ago. 
Okay, that's great. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story with us. I think it's a great point to end. So yeah, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's been, uh, it's been great to speak with you. Thanks, Mark. Okay, so for everybody that is interested in knowing more about Avni, that you can go and go to her website, Eternal Alchemists, and uh, inquire about doing hypnotherapy or past life regression sessions with her online. She's a wonderful therapist with a great passion and ability, so it'd be a privilege to work with her. So once again, Avni, thanks very much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening or watching. To find out more about my guest, see the links in the description for details. If you're interested in having personal sessions or certification training in hypnosis or hypnotherapy or regression to this life, past lives, between lives or spirit releasement therapy, then visit my website, thepastlifeawakeninginstitute.com for details. Thanks so much for watching or listening and see you next time.